Snowball Spark. You want good words? Data language. Talk real sports with a real man. Come after me. I'm a man. I'm 40. And now, here's the be-all, end-all, know-it-all of high school, college, and pro sports. Aaron Skinny Cow with the Skinny on Sports. We're talking about practice, man. I'm the MVP. And a good Wednesday morning out there, Western Oklahoma. Welcome to the Skinny on Sports, right here on 98.1 FM, the Sports Animal. Glad to have you along for the next hour. We're going to preview the PGA Championship that tees off at Oak Hill in Rochester, New York, tomorrow morning when we are on the air. We'll have some of the favorites on the golf course together. Headline groups, tell you a little bit about the course, what what to expect, and of course, we'll make our picks. And as always... Your top three in order, and then a dark horse is somebody that cannot be inside the top 25 in the official world golf rankings. I had guy in mind for my dark horse, and I looked up, and he was exactly on that 25th spot, and I could not take him. One Sahith Tigala. Mm. So that's what we do. First, second, third, and then the dark horse pick outside the top 25. So we'll hit that PGA Championship at the end of the show. In the middle, uh, Jared referenced this yesterday. So what were your top five high school sports moments this season? I just wrote down my list. Jared has his accompanied by audio. I had some time. I mean, overachieving. I had some time. going to make me look awful here. I had some time. So I, I actually wrote down a couple of extras Don't hate that, the game. that didn't quite make the list. So that's how I overachieved, Jared. I've got some honorable mentions. See, I didn't do that. That's fine. There you go. And we're going to have some that overlap. <clears throat> oh, I'm you sure know we, we are. I, I would be surprised if our number one isn't the same. I'm just going to throw that out there. You think? I, I think it would be. Okay. Draft lottery last night. The Thunder are not hit. Well, let's cancel the next 20 seasons. By the luck. The Spurs were. Man, how about the Spurs? Well, good for hey, them. You know what? It's not only the luck of getting the number one pick. But it's also the luck of when you get the number one pick. Oh, of course. And this is their third time to pick number one overall, and they've had some pretty good fellas at the top of the draft every time. Uh, so we'll hit that as an early look at maybe who you want as the 12th pick for the Thunder. I've got a couple of guys in mind, and I may it may be a little bit recency bias because of what I saw in the NCAA tournament. Uh, but I'll kind of give you an idea of that. You can go start looking and see some guys that are kind of in that area. Game one of the Western Conference Finals last night was awesome. I mean, awesome. You couldn't have asked for much more. I thought it was going to be a dud at half. And then all, did the Lakers find something with the change with the with the defensive strategy change of putting uh, Hachimura on Jokic because Jokic dominated the first part of that game. Uh, but, man, everybody played good. That was just a good game, a uh, fun game. So hopefully we get six more of those. Game one of the Eastern Conference Finals tonight. Uh, and also, back to the lottery, interesting stat that I looked up this morning and and saw about the draft lottery. 225-9698 is the phone or the text line. That's 225-9698. Give us a call, shoot us a text. We can talk about any of those things. Whatever else might be on your mind, feel free to chime in. At two two five nine six nine eight, I'd love to hear you guys' favorite moments 
in you know western Oklahoma or all, it doesn't even matter almost. I mean, I, I went western Oklahoma focused on the high school stuff. There was one that I thought about putting on there. It was more statewide, and I can I, I probably I can just mention an honorable mention when we get there. If, if I mean I I assume that's kind of where we were headed. I did more. It's more local, more local and more specific, more Paragon yeah. family, but. Yeah, I don't really. And it all kind of encompassed it together. Yeah, I don't have. I have one thing outside of the Paragon family. Okay. In the honorable mention. Uh, so I'd love to hear what you guys uh, have out there as well. Let's see. 225 9698. Phone or text line. It's going to be outside the listening area. Check us out on the app. It's free download. Um, it's got everything. It's got radio. It's got the penny news. Brand new edition of the Penny News. Hit the website last night at midnight at thepennynews.com. Of course, our fearless leader is going to head up and pick up the pick up the print edition of the Penny News. You can find a free copy of that puppy this evening in certain spots by tomorrow morning everywhere that the Penny News is at. Of course, uh, we got Big Elk and Paragon TV during the high school sports season. Skinny on Sports Podcast. If you miss the show entirely, you can find it anywhere that podcasts are. How are you today, Jared? I'm very good. How are you? I'm pretty good. Man, what a gorgeous evening it was last night. I know, right? Remember I said yesterday we were going to watch a movie? I said, girls, nah, get on the bikes. Get outside. Enjoy this weather. You just don't get you can't, you can't, very many of those in West Oklahoma. Them. You can't waste them. No. I got to. I played golf in the scramble. No winter, so that's good. Carry over to next week. And just, man, it, it's amazing the difference between right now and say 10 days ago out there now that it's rained a little bit a little bit of rain a little bit of heat and the color is completely different i mean it's green yeah i mean everything oh, is my just goodness. popped my lawn man I, yes. I, I i just i gotta find time to mow every night i got something well you know as it you you gotta have like it has to be like tonight because if not you're not mowing until sunday maybe because of the rain. I mean, all right. of a sudden, it's and like, hey, can it not rain well, for one day? Guess what I'm doing this weekend? More softball. Well, so, it's just, I, I the timing is, uh, maybe next Monday, if I'm lucky. There's some rain chances next yeah. week, first of next Man, week. Man, I apologize to my neighbors who have to drive by and see my forest. I mean, <laughs> I mean you're you're kind of on the, the city deal over there, right? I don't even know what they call that. Town trustees. Yeah, the yeah. trustees. So, you ought to know the ordinances. You can't just have. It's very loose. It is. It, it, we're more concerned about dilapidated buildings than having weeds than, in your yard. Yeah, but if it push comes to shove, if we get some complaints, we'll we'll address it. But I got you. For the most part, people do take care of their lawns in in the town of Canute. Well, it's just it. I was driving to work today. It just it. But it's hard it, to keep up. It's hard to keep up right now. It puts you in a better mood when there's just you see sure. a bunch of green grass out yes. there. Yes, yes, absolutely, it does. So. What were your thoughts last night? Um, the draft lottery didn't we knew pretty early, obviously that the Thunder were sticking there at the twelfth spot. Unfortunately, uh, but man, the Spurs, how fortunate not only to move up, but also to have the number one overall pick. This is the third time I mentioned that. The other two times, there was the Admiral David Robinson, and then the year that the one year where he wasn't healthy, they get the number one pick, and who is it? Tim freaking Duncan. And now they get what everybody thinks is going to be a transcendent superstar in Wimbenyama. Uh, just really not only fortunate to get the number one overall pick, 
but fortunate that it's not Anthony Bennett at the top of the draft and it's Victor Wimbanyama. First off, okay, awesome. Uh, Wimbanyama in, in San Antonio. I kind of mentioned that yesterday. That would be a, a very good marriage. Like if he were to go to somewhere like Charlotte, you know, that's where you think, man, they're going to fumble this up. But but San Antonio knows how to uh, mold and cultivate superstars, clearly, with number one pick. So that's good. Second, My second reaction was, oh, boy, he's in the West. And he's right down the interstate. He's right down the road in San Antonio. And that's something that it's going to be Chet versus Wimbanyana. I mean, as soon as next year for Rookie of the Year, which is going to be wild. Yeah, that is, right? that's something that we were talking about last night where – uh, that that Chet will be eligible for yeah. that award. Yeah, so that's going to be wild um, and fun. But three, the, the the I called it. Now listen, I'm not I'm not trying to downplay the potential of Wimbanyana. I'm not downplaying that he's going to be. I mean, I agree he's going to be next level stuff. But man, it's like watching the lottery. By the way, don't tell me it starts at seven. And then it starts at 7.20. <laughs> I mean, I sat down like, are you kidding me? There's a countdown clock. I got time to fix my kid's bike here. Well, at least they gave you the clock. Yeah, that's true. Um, but, man, it was like, oh, I'm, I'm watching this, and then it all went down, and I'm thinking, okay, I guess we don't need to care about the next 20 seasons because, I mean, Woj, and I'm quoting here, he said he's the – and I wrote this down somewhere. He's the most – what did he say? I thought it was such an overreactive statement. I'm thinking, man, you, that could be a career ruiner if it doesn't come true. Let me get with the statement he said. Calling him the greatest draft prospect in NBA history. That, he said that. The greatest draft prospect in NBA history. I thought, man, that is such a risky statement to make because of the profession that he's in. Because in today's day and age, people save those receipts, right? And what if five years, ten years down the road, he doesn't pan out? He's not the greatest draft prospect. What well, if he's really, really, really good? But he's not the greatest draft prospect yeah, but he is. in NBA But history. the truth is, he is that. that. That doesn't have anything to do with what he ends up. But he, right now, it, people, th- people think like, yeah. that he is a, because of what he is. Right. He's a seven-foot-four guard. I mean, yep. and he's 19. Uh, just the pro- I'm like, wow, no, no, I wow, mean, what are we doing here? But here's so the, we're not. So here's the who beauty. Cares where the Thunder pick doesn't matter. Here's who cares the beauty of it. The number two pick is everybody thinks it though. That's the whole <laughs> thing. There are there are no receipts because everybody thinks it. Yeah, I mean, this is the, this, it's a perfect time to say something like that because if it doesn't come true, you go, well, what the hell? Everybody else thought it too. Yeah, you just lean on not, what everyone else. Yeah, you're says. you're not stepping well, out on any limb for this guy. I'm just one like I'm more of a I got to see it first, and I know we've seen a lot. There's a lot of tape on him now, but you know I want to see. You know, I mean, look how long it took LeBron to win a title, right? When he came into the league, and there's there was rumblings of man, I thought he was supposed to win one like two, three years into the league, and he couldn't get it done. He had to go to Miami and well, team up. And get I it think done. I think team success like that in championships, I, I don't think you could put those two things together with him being what he's supposed to be. I mean, yeah, his team may not win. It's a great point about LeBron. But that didn't mean LeBron wasn't the best player in the league, you know, three seasons in. Mm-hmm. You know, carrying that Cleveland team that was, my gosh, go back and look at that roster in 2007 that played the Spurs and got swept 
in the finals. I mean, I can't remember who was even. Exactly. uh, Uh, Larry Hughes was. uh, What's his name from Alabama? The guard that seemed to be on LeBron's team a bunch. Oh, I can't remember. Was um the the big when giant? Was, when did Love join Cleveland? Nah, it was way after that. Okay. Uh, Sedrunus Ilgoskis, remember that guy? No, I do not. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. No, I. I mean, and listen. that's a good question too. Okay, San Antonio. Can you name me one? I can't. Can you name a San Antonio player? Hmm. Top of your head. Dejounte Murray. He's gone. He's now with the with the uh, the Hawks. Who did they draft last year? I couldn't tell you. Those names are gone. They haven't been a thing for for a little bit. So now let's see what San Antonio does moving forward uh, with obviously their later picks in the draft. Who do they acquire? You know, in the off season, who do they put around this guy? Because if it's him, like it could be another, like you mentioned, LeBron and Cleveland first early years situation, where once they get, I mean, I don't, I mean, does this. Okay, here we go. I've got it. Does this make them the Western Conference favorites? No, next absolutely year? not. No, 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 no. I don't think so. No, 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 no. Okay, here we go. Shannon Brown, Daniel Gibson. Remember him? He was Texas guy, guard. Yeah, yeah. Drew Gooden. There's Larry Hughes. Sedrunas Ilgoskis. LeBron. Damon Jones. Dwayne Jones. Danielle Marshall. Ira Nubel. Alexander Pavlovich, Scott Pollard, Eric Snow. Oh, here, here's a name you'll remember. Arison, uh, Anderson Varejao, because of that crazy hair. Mm-hmm. And David Wesley. LeBron took that team to the finals. So, I mean, part of me wants to go, well, if he's really that good, then get it done. But this is I, what I think that's way too much to ask. This is what creates the vitriol towards these superstars, in my opinion. It's happening to me. I'm like, God, look at this. They're already crowning this guy. I guess I've been taught, let's wait and see. Let's like, see it happen. Well, like Scott said on the text line, they, LeBron was the chosen one at 17. Yeah. Sometimes it works out. Sometimes it doesn't. Uh, but, man, it was a uh, – I, I can't wait to watch him. Oh, yeah, I'm with you. I can't wait I, to see – You know. I can't wait to see how it transitions into the – NBA, and and if we're if we are taking recent history into to uh, consideration, the overseas guys are having a lot of success no right doubt. now in the NBA. So no doubt. And then how long? How much longer? Because we it, you saw know, it last night. It seemed like Pop was kind of on his way out. That's a great question. How too. much this, longer does this does this reju- reju- rejuvenate yeah. his career? Does he say, "Yeah, I think I'll give you another five, ten years"? Exactly. Maybe you know if he goes and grabs another title, that might be it. Mm-hmm. And uh, by the way, there's a lot of really good coaches on the market right now. Well, it's long been rumored that if Pop, when he steps down, the first guy that they're going to look at is in Lawrence, Kansas, mm-hmm. for Bill Self. Yep. And man, what a perfect gift that would be from Pop to hand this guy over right uh, to a guy like that. So, uh, I mean. I can't wait to watch him because that hype is now, now, real. Now, how about the Thunder? Do they use that twelve pick? Do they okay? So do that's they, do they go? Hey, man, let's try to move up. So who do you like at twelve? Well, the first mock draft I saw, not twenty minutes after the lottery, was the guy from Kentucky, uh, Casey Wallace. Yeah, the point guard. Yeah, seems redundant with the with Giddy and SGA. It seems it does seem a little. Um, 
I, I saw little, uh, Tankathon overweighted there with that position. Tankathon had Keontae George from Baylor. Um, not my favorite. I, I'll tell you who my two favorites are. Who's that? I think the first one may be just a couple of picks out of reach, and so if the Thunder like him, they may have to move up to say ten or eight, you know, somewhere eight to ten. That's Grady Dick from Kansas. Yeah, you do like that guy. I like yeah. him, but then. I started looking, and I, I saw another name that I think I even like more. And this may just be because of the recency bias of watching him in the NCAA tournament, and it just seemed like, oh, my gosh, I wish that guy was on the Thunder. Jordan Hawkins from UConn. The guy that kind of looks like Jay-Z. Okay. He had the long socks. Yeah. You know, kind of a shooting guard, small forward type guy. Athletic as all get out, but this one can shoot. Fits the Presti mold. Long and athletic, but actually he could shoot. I would love – I think I've moved Jordan Hawkins to my favorite instead of Grady Dick. And could be a potential replacement in the lineup for, say, Lou Dort if they want to get rid of him. Which could come on draft out. night. It could come before with with all the assets, and we know they're not using all these picks. So you could see the Thunder, if they want to be aggressive, move up. I mean, there's going to be a lot of people after – I heard this said this morning – two or three that like you know we're, we're interested in moving around so yeah it's got uh, yeah. and that's gonna be the hardest part for me is outside of Wibb and Yana just trying to what about the, the rest uh, of the, the guys other, the yeah. other guys you know there's the there's the dude from Alabama what a spin job they try to do on that guy mm-hmm. did you hear that what they're talking give me a break yeah he's give me a break you know I he wouldn't touch him he feels like if the Thunder would have got up into the top four he feels like as far as a fit just playing style-wise, would have been the guy. But there's no way they would draft him. Brandon Miller. It's called the Thunder culture. He doesn't fit the Thunder mold. So, it'll be interesting to see what happens between now and the draft. Right last night, gosh, Joe, Joe, Jokic was just so awesome. Man, he was awesome. Uh, He's the first guy in in, in league history – with back-to-back 30-point triple-doubles by while also shooting 70%. Was he 12-17 of 17 last night? 34-21 and 14. Uh, Anthony Davis, 40-10. and 10. He was good. LeBron was good. Jamal Murray was good. Austin Reeves was good. It was just – it looked for a little bit like, okay, Denver's going to blow him out in game one, and we'll see what happens in game two. But Darvin Ham makes the change defensively to put Hachimura on Jokic, and that seemed to work at least enough to to get the Lakers back in the game to where they're shooting threes to tie it, both Reeves and, and LeBron there at the end after being down, what, 14 going into the fourth quarter. So I, I think, for me, both sides had to feel pretty good. You know, Denver didn't close it out probably like they wanted to, but they get the win. And then the Lakers kind of struggled early, but maybe found something defensively to slow down at least Jokic a little bit. And the question now, and and it was asked here uh, by Sam on the text, after last night, now will LeBron and AD be able to put together another performance like that and try to carry the Lakers to a win in game two? I found myself there down the stretch rooting for Reeves, right? He hit that one three, and I thought, come on, man, take over here. And he was awesome. 23 points, 5 of 9 from outside. What do you have, a 12, 11, or 11 in the fourth quarter? Uh, without look, I don't know. But that's, uh, but yeah, I mean, hats off to the Lakers for not folding tent and, and, and just trying to, you know, 
take their lumps and get to game two. Now they got to feel like they got a lot of confidence going into game two with the chance to take one on the road. Yeah, I think both teams had to feel pretty good, right? I think so. You know, the the guy – a lot of times you see guys that you need to play good don't. Man, everybody that needed to play good on both sides played good. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was it was just a – it was a fun watch. And it, you just – you're just amazed, or I'm just amazed at what Jokic can do when he's not the prototypical quote-unquote athlete out there on the basketball floor. Yeah. Man, he's yeah. A, he is just I – think, I think there's a whole bunch of people that are regretting their MVP vote right about now. And I, and I don't understand why because it's a regular season award. You know what I mean? But I, I think when Perk said what he said, a bunch of people rallied around that and didn't even think, mm-hmm. right? They just went through, went to, toward a narrative and let it go. And you know, Embiid was great, but when you actually, when you get, it, when people get to like sit down and actually watch Jokic, like they do in the playoffs night to night, you just go, my goodness, you, you just marvel at how good that guy is. Incredible game last night. Tonight, game one of the Eastern, uh, the Eastern Conference Finals. I'll be honest with you, I don't expect it to be near as much fun. Outside of Jimmy Butler, just being a one-man wrecking crew, I don't see how the Heat beat Boston. As to me, Boston has the best roster in the league, the, bo- the most well-constructed roster in the league. Yeah, I just don't see it. I, I, for for me, give me give me seven games of Lakers Nuggets. Give me like five games. Yeah, of let's, heat, just, of get, heat Celtics. let's just rip the Band-Aid off and get this over with. Boston just seems like the way better team. They do. They do to me as well. Right. And even if it was the 76ers, I feel like they would be the better team than Miami. Oh, yeah. It just, and maybe it's just because of those role players that you don't really know of when heroes hurt and, you know, it's Jimmy yeah. and Bam and whoever else. By the way, I want to ask you a question, everybody. Text in if you if you have a, a, an answer. Jokic and AD, only the third pair of centers with 30 apiece in a playoff game. Who are the other two? Didn't get that question out in time. So here here's the deal. Jokic and AD. That's called a pop quiz. Is what pop that quiz. Was. Yeah, it was so fast you didn't get the didn't even have a chance to answer. <laughs> so Jokic and AD both went for thirty plus last night. They are the third pair of centers to do that in a playoff game. The question is, who were the other two pairs? Man, I can't think because it just this the league lately has not been centered around the center. So that's you're gonna. Have to, I'm thinking back in the '90s, right? Yes. Oh boy. It's not Rodman. He didn't score a lot. I don't know. We could be here forever. Let it. Should we let it? Let our uh, listeners give them some time to text in. Yeah, we'll give them some time. Okay. Which begs the question: Are we seeing a a a a, a, a comeback of the center position? I mean, Wembenyana is he a center? I don't think so. Is he everything? Yeah, I think he's <laughs> just kind of a guy, right? But but here's the thing: when you do have one of those that is highly skilled. Uh-huh. They dominate because yeah. there's not a bunch there's of resistance not, no, out there. No, no. The, I mean, Golden State has put out that mold of oh, a centerless. Jeremy got close, but no cigar. He got what, half of it? He got half of it. Okay. There's two there, okay. There's two pairs. He got half of one pair. Okay. And by the way, it happened in the same playoff run which is interesting. 
So the, the Jokic and AD joined these other two pairs of centers to have 30 apiece in a playoff game. It's a thanker. It is. Let's go to your history books. Okay. Uh, you mentioned this yesterday after the you know the, this past weekend with the tennis tournament, uh, the, four, the 4A baseball, everything wrapping up in a nice little neat and tidy bow for the high school sports season. And kind of a, hey, let's uh, relive it. Let's do like a top five of your favorite moments or the best moments or what have you uh, throughout basically Western Oklahoma. And so we both put together our top five. You have audio. I have extras in that honorable mention. And so I'm going to start there. And I've got, like you said, pretty Paragon specific as far as our teams that we cover. Um, pretty Western Oklahoma specific. But I, I, I have another one. Oh, there you go. Oh, nope, nope, nope. Got half. Scott got half. That's exactly the same, same two answer. that Jeremy said. Yeah. Okay, so in the state, I think there was one thing that happened. There you go. One of the one of them is Hakeem and Shaq. That is one of the pairs. I'll give you your pat on the back later, Jeremy. There's Good another job. pair, <laughs> and it kind of has to do with last night. Anyhow. So I think maybe the one of the biggest things that happen in high school sports statewide was Jinx that's breaking good, Bixby yeah, Street. Yeah, that's a good one. On national television. On no national less. television. Yeah. It was scripted is what it was. <laughs> and then, of course, Bixby came back and beat him in the finals. But uh, that was one that I, I, I didn't write down, but I immediately thought about when, you, yeah. when we were talking about this. And I thought, ah, it probably needs to be more. Uh, Western Oklahoma specific. So a couple of the honorable mentions that I have, um, the Elk City Elkettes win a regular season basketball tournament for the first time since 2016 over at Hinton with a finals win against Community Christian. It's a good one. Uh, Coach Ham's team uh, that really played well there, beat a good team there in the finals. So that was that was one. Uh, another one that I had kind of outside the top five, Cordell freshman Bertie Brown. Top tens in the two A girls state tournament just a couple of weeks, just two weeks ago, um, and then one that I would have thought would be in this top five, but it just didn't end up that way because of what happened at the end. But the Merritt Oilerettes basketball season, ah, and just a disappointing end to what was a fantastic year. So that was kind of the ones that I had outside of the top five. So, well, for doing that, then I I got it because it just happened, but it's still worth noting is three in a row for Clinton soccer boys soccer yep. winning three uh, titles in a row. That's worth mentioning. That's any title one uh, is awesome, especially regionally out here in Western Oklahoma. So uh, I didn't think of any honorable mentions, mm-hmm. but I will uh, give a nod to Coach Jay and. and his uh, Clinton soccer team winning three in a row, and they have all the weapons to come back and do it again, which would be – you'd have to go and look. I don't know who's won four in a row, probably one of those private schools. But or Santa Fe South. Yeah, you know? Clinton's turn in – I mean, they're kind of carrying the flag. We always have that private versus public talk, but they're kind of carrying the flag because soccer is – at you know, soccer, volleyball, tennis, tip golf, typically private school dominant. Clinton's been carrying the flag for the public schools in that regard when it comes to – to soccer so no doubt worth about mentioning it. there no doubt about it all right um, so you want to start okay well you mentioned it and I, and I did put them in my top five um 
It is the Merritt Girls. Go ahead and play the clip. Is it this one? Number five. Hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. <laughs> all right, I didn't. All right. Sorry. Gets it over to Ella Porter. She'll kick it out to Barnett. Right wing three, up and good. And that's how we will start things off. Three points by the senior, Brigham Barnett. That came from their last win of the year. They, I mean, I think it's worth mentioning. They won 24 in, games in a row. They started the season with the loss, won 24, but unfortunately lost the last two. But, I mean, they won the five-county tournament, which might be the last one played. Uh, the Merritt Classic tournament, the bi-county tournament, their district champs, regional champs. Yes, a disappointing end, but uh, shouldn't the, the the very successful season shouldn't be overlooked. Beat Hammond what three times? Yeah, yeah, four times, three times. I think it's three times. Yeah, I mean that's <clears throat> I, I, I came down to two for me in the, in the final spot. It was them and and this the one that I have. Um, I've got the Elkett softball team and their quest for the mm. first state tournament. And you think back to the first game and uh, the 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 winners bracket game in regionals down in Lone Grove, and freshman Aubrey Pogue on the mound goes toe to toe zero zero in the bottom of the seventh inning against what turned out to be the state champs, and just came up a little short, uh, but a heck of a season for Coach Murray and those girls. I mean, I, I know that that had been. Kind of one of those groups that everyone had been waiting on yeah. to, to get to that senior year, and they didn't disappoint whatsoever. So I've got the Elkett softball team uh, coming up just shy of the first ever state tournament in the fast pitch program history. Uh, but man, what a what a what a thrilling game that was to watch with them in Lone Grove and that in the in the regional championship or the the winners bracket game uh, before the championship game. And that it just I mean it was just tense. It was yeah. so intense. Uh, there that night okay i've got you teed up all right number four we'll for number we'll four. stay in elk city straight shot caught by church back over to first for the double play the big elks defense has come alive great job colin church of course, that was from their last win against Ulagal, the Elk City baseball team, going 34-4 and on the season. District champs, perfect 12-0 and in District 4. And uh, I, you fell to the eventual champ. And, again, I stand on this. They, Elk City is one of the best two teams in the state. Uh, just had to go through the best team in Tuttle um, and eventually fell. But a uh, great season for Big Elks. Once again, 34-4 and state tournament uh, participants. Uh, falling in the semis, but uh, that's my number four. My number four is something that I don't think many people saw coming, even as late in the girls' basketball season as the area tournament. And that was the Leedy Lady Bison and their magical run to state. Team that, you know, when you looked at records, they had the most losses, maybe even as many losses as everybody else combined when they got there to the Class B girls <clears throat> excuse me, state tournament, but uh, just a magical run uh, for that group of girls up there at Leedy and Coach Broadman. I know we, we hadn't even said this, but as you see that he's headed to Red Oak. So the Leedy Lady Bison need a, need a basketball coach. But, wow. Yeah, but, the, I mean, what a run it was. You know, the, a couple of uh, – I'm probably a little biased because I was there that night they played Arnett the second time. 
uh, in the area consolation final and how much fun that game was between those two teams. I mean, it was just a blast to watch. So I've got the Lady, Lady Bison and their run to state as my number four. Well, my number three. 64-74. Same thing. <laughs> yeah, ten-point lead here. Three seconds. And that is going to be the end of the ball game. Lady Bison are going to the state tournament. Number 11 in the state. Literally owning it from top to bottom tonight, from start to finish, the Lady Bison defeat the Lady Wildcats of Arnett, 74-64. Of course, that's Lake Carpenter and, and Treasure Schweitzer on the call there. Yeah, I'm with you. It scrapped out a 20-12 and 12 season. It looked like one of those down years. Um, they didn't win a tournament all year, but then they, they won the tournaments at the right time. They, they won district. They won regional. Uh, they took La Mega to the wire in the area final, and um, they bounced back and beat, like you just heard, Arnett. In fact, they had to go through a really good Arnett team twice to get to the state tournament, and then they would lose to the eventual champs in Hammond. So that was a, a highlight for me in Leedy. <clears throat> yeah, number three for me just happened a couple of weeks ago. The trio of slow-pitch softball in the state finals. Hammond, Leedy, Canute. A trio of silver, silver balls that, <coughs> excuse me, headed back here yeah. to Western Oklahoma. So that's uh, I've got those. Uh, that is my number three. Listen, it would have been easy for me to throw a bunch of Canute stuff out there for obvious reasons, but but I'm glad you did. And and just to piggyback on that, Canute baseball making state in both fall and mm -hmm. spring, and and um, so a successful year uh, for Canute. Uh, number two. My, my, Jones my under turn? center. Austin sends Garbarino in motion. Turns, hands it to Owen. Owens is going to plow his way forward. Is he in? He is. It's a touchdown for the Big Elks. Five-yard plunge by Levy Owens. And Elk City's on top first. Well, uh, it was the Horns. Uh, number two is the Horns. <laughs> now, Elk City football went in district one. They make the <laughs> semis again. They finish 11-2 on the year. And for the first time since, I think this is right, since 98, defeating both Clinton and Weatherford in the same year. Am I wrong? I think that's right. That's right. That's the first time that's happened. And uh, that the Elk City football program, like the baseball program, setting a bar and setting a standard that they, they keep meeting and they keep trying to exceed, and I don't expect that to slow down anytime soon. That was a highlight for me because they graduated so many really good, impactful seniors from the year prior thinking, well, this is going to be – they got a lot of great guys on this team – it's not like they're going to take a step back, but it might be a struggle. But they kept on winning, and they got back to the sem state semifinal and um, um, eventually bowed out to Cushing. But, yeah, for me, that, that was one of the highlights. Number two is Elk City football. I put them together. Okay. I put them together, the, the pair of semifinalists with the baseball and the football Yeah. Uh, for Elk City. Uh, yeah, it was a, it, and, and in a lot of ways, I thought the, their seasons mirrored each other. Because of what you said, losing you know the the baseball team, losing the guys they lost, which are the same guys that the football team lost after uh, not necessarily surprising seasons a year before, because I think a lot of people thought that both the football and baseball a year ago would be pretty good, wasn't sure exactly how good, and they you know they both end up in the semifinals a year ago, mm -hmm. and then coming back with a with more of a target on their back, I, I think outside of the Vibe magazine, most people would have favored Elk City to win the district in football and obviously in baseball as well. And for those teams to continue that, get right back to where they were, you know, it's a, it's disappointing end 
to what was another great season. So I put those two together because it, it felt like they kind of mirrored each other. And a, and a big part of that was what they lost. They both lost kind of the same guys off the team the year before. Uh, so I got both those teams uh, as number two. I think our number one's the same. <clears throat> 100% is going to be the same. I mean, unless you come up with something wild, I think it's pretty obvious what number one will be, right? Yep. Justice on the inbound. Get in Henley at the top of the key. She'll put up the three. Boom! Buckets, Warrior three-pointer, Henley West. Had to play that one because she didn't hit a lot of three-pointers throughout the year. It's like one of her three that she shot all year. Henley West, Hammond Lady Warriors, uh, Hammond Girls, uh, winning the Class B state title, defeating LaMega in the final there by 10, 59 to 49. Finished the year at 25 and five high expectations going into the year had a couple of uh, we mentioned the losses to Merritt uh, Canute beat them they I mean they were in a three-game skid and when Canute beat them a lot of head scratching and then what's going on kind of looks around the Hammond area and then they go and just win every game since then on their way to the Class B state title so that was highlight for me bringing the gold ball back to Hammond um, coach Leah Beer and the Hammond Lady Warriors yeah me too that's when I got as number one I mean that's uh it was man, were they good in the state tournament? Holy cow! I mean, obviously the that game against Leedy got out of hand, and there was just one of those nights where, I mean, every shot it felt like went in. But in the semifinals, in the finals, racing out to that lead, getting challenged in the second half by Lomega, but having enough to to go ahead and get it done. And I, I think right now, when you, when you look around at the different schools. You've got some big-time D1 talent. You think about her, obviously Cash. You know, there's you, you don't see that high level no. all that often, you know, in western Oklahoma at the same time for sure. And so, uh, you know, you think about C.J. Nixon over at Weatherford. You know, yeah. there's some, there is some really high-level play around here. And uh, it's 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 fun to watch. There's no doubt about it. I mean, it, you know, she she was great. But uh, to me, and we said it at the time, or I said it at the time, Maylee Cheney is the one that made that thing go. And gosh, did she play well? She was a leader, you know. And there was yeah. there was a lot of you know, Binkley was good, and obviously everybody on that team played well. Um, you know, Henley got the the pub as she should and as she did. She was dominant, uh, but that it was more than just her. And I think we're going to see that next year a little bit. At least in the early going. Well, even in that blowout win, the leady, uh, everybody came in and was still hitting three pointers. It's oh, like no, this is one of those nights. It just knew that's that's kind of when I knew this is going to work for them. This is their weekend because everything was working. <laughs> you know, it's easy to just rest back and just put players in and just kind of set let the clock, but they were still running offense and still hitting. I mean, they couldn't miss. Yep. On that night, it was just uh, sometimes that works. That's how it works out for teams, but. Hammond proved to be the best team in Class B this year. I'm sure we're missing a lot. You know, uh, I mean, some people are yelling at the radio. What about this? What about that? We just—it's impossible. Texas, but yeah, Texas. In your opinion, yeah. I mean, I had one, and we mentioned it—the the Canute softball, but we didn't mention Coach Gillette. That's his first year taking over the softball program, and he takes them to state in both fall and in spring. I mean, you talk about setting a bar. You know, I mean, it, this the the level of success there is is. Um, worth mentioning and there's a lot of that happening in western oklahoma a lot of individually you mentioned the book off you know we had a, a lot of uh, young men and women in track cross country yeah Bregan barnett I mean, back-to-back 300 hurdle winner in 2a yes it just 
And I think, gosh, what she has. She had the gold there, was third in the 100-meter hurdles and third in the long jump. Have a day, huh? How about uh, the trap shooting teams? <clears throat> yeah. You know? Absolutely. There's so much to mention. We just tried to get, you know, the five most memorable ones, and we'll do it again next year because I don't doubt we'll have a lot more success moving forward. That's right. For all these schools. So congratulations to all the schools here and out here in Western Oklahoma. When we return, get your PGA Championship picks in. We'll talk about it. Tease off tomorrow morning on a chilly Oak Hill in Rochester, New York. Last segment of a Wednesday. It's been a good show, Jared. Well done today. Yeah. Well done. Very good. All right, PGA Championship. Right quick, though, since we're going to talk golf. Today's the final day of the uh, different regionals around the country in men's golf. And so qualifying, all these teams trying to qualify for the national tournament. Uh, Up in Norman at Jimmy Austin, Oklahoma out to a good start today and really creating some separation. They went in uh, to the day only five ahead of sixth place Duke. Top five advance. OU was in second, but only five shots ahead of Duke, who was in sixth. That that gap has swollen up to 13. OU's 20 under, Alabama 22 under, Duke down at 6th and 7 under. So the Sooners uh, really playing well so far today. Matter of fact, that's fixing to add another one. They're going to be 8 under. Patrick Welch 4 under through 6. Ben Lorenz 3 under through 4. So Oklahoma creating some separation and some breathing room. Uh, looking to win the, win the regional, obviously, but for sure be in the top 5. And it looks like oh, Oklahoma's in a really good spot to do that now. Out in help ba- me, go ahead and help the listener too i guess the website you're looking golfstat.com golfstat.com thank you yep that's well, really good about yeah they're right there live scoring it goes out you can you can watch it in real time oh wow you got all mall right here yeah Norman regional oklahoma state is in a dogfight uh they're just now teeing out uh teeing off out in vegas the the leaders are teeing off oklahoma state sets in seventh five shots back of northwestern who is fifth so the Cowboys are going to have to get with it today uh, in order to to qualify for the national tournament. Uh, so OSU 25 under, but 30 under is what it's taking at least right now. And, and so both of those teams looking to end up in that top five uh, of their regionals in order to advance on, on over to the national tournament. Also, real quick, the Oklahoma City Stars or in the national tournament, NAIA national tournament. Uh, they didn't play great yesterday, down in 16th at 14 over. reason I mentioned that, Trace Hill, former Big Elk, struggled uh, to a 79 yesterday for the Stars. So they're going to have to play play well to get try, try to get themselves back into that uh, vine for the NAIA national championship. So that's kind of the college golf scene as we speak. Professional golf, all eyes will be in Rochester, New York, with the PGA Championship. Pretty crazy. Uh, this has been kind of a. There's one major outlier because this has been a kind of a young man's event over the past half a decade. So your last six winners, last year JT was 29, in 2019 Brooks Kepka 29, the year before when Brooks Kepka won he was 28. JT in 17 was 24. Colin Morikawa in 2020 was 23. So five of the last six under 30. And then you got Phil at 50 back in 2021. 
So it's been a more of a young man's young man's uh, event. I think a big part of that is the courses they play, kind of bombers paradises a lot of times. Oak Hill is gonna it's long and it's gonna be cold. Uh, we were talking off the air. I think, and I wish I'd have looked at the tee times. I didn't see the the pairings until I'd already kind of decided who I wanted to pick. But I really think the guys that tee off tomorrow afternoon, and then Friday morning are going to have a distinct advantage. I mean, they're, they're calling for wind chills in the morning at like 34 when these guys are teeing off. So I, I, I think there might be a decent amount of separation, at least going into Saturday, between the waves. We, we saw that at Southern Hills last year for Justin Thomas, who ended up winning. But he was one of the very, very, very few guys in the top 10 or 15 after two days in the wave he played in. You know, just kind of in golly, where did we see that? Maybe at the Masters, where Rom was like that. Yeah, you know, the, that he, was right. You know, he was. That's how good he was compared to everybody else. And then once they settled into the weekend and kind of had the same draw, you saw him pull away. I think we might see a little bit of that again. This and that's just total luck of the draw. So the, the afternoon guys, I think, are going to have an advantage uh, for for at least the first couple of days. Uh, it's a long course. It's cold. I, 17 and 18, I think, on Sunday provide a chance uh, for for all kinds of things. It's it's going to be probably the two hardest holes of the week. Number 17 in the three majors that Oak Hill has, has hosted has played as the hardest hole. It's 502 par 4. And then 18, we saw the drama back in 03 with Sean McKeel knocking it in there to literally an inch to, to secure the win over Chad Campbell. So, uh, you know, he had a great shot. I also think there's a chance for not necessarily just total disaster, but man, if you got a, I think there's a chance that you see on those last two holes kind of a two shot swing where somebody makes bogey, somebody makes birdie type of thing. Mm-hmm. I, I think that is very realistic possibility because of how hard those two holes are coming down the stretch. Uh, some groups, uh, the, the, kind of the headlining groups. Tomorrow morning, uh, you've got Scotty. Scheffler, Brooks Kepka, and Gary Woodland. That's an 8 o'clock tee time. I'm sure those are Eastern, uh, East Coast time. Mm-hmm. I didn't. I bet you. I, I, I'm, I'm sure, I'm sure they are. They are. Uh, you got Rory, There's JT. No way they're teeing off at 9. No, no. Okay. You won't be able to get down with 156. Yeah. So I'm sure that's a 7 o'clock tee time, our time. You know, uh, Rory, JT, and Colin Morikawa uh, at 8.11. Shane Lowry, Jordan Speed. Speed's interesting. Uh, pulled out last week because of a wrist. He, Eh, not sure he's there gonna play looks like he's gonna give it a go but i don't know how serious he'll contend he's playing with uh shane lowry and victor hovland uh, matthew fitzpatrick cam smith john rom that's an 833 then in the afternoon kind of the three headlining groups is uh i guess it's adam scott uh max homa and tony finau you got xander shoffley tyrell hatton dj <clears throat> and then Patrick Cantlay, Ricky Fowler, and Phil Mickelson. I kind of I like when they go to different courses that you kind of hadn't seen in a while. I mean, this one hadn't noticed a major in twenty years. Yeah, and you know it's not necessarily a memorable place, but then you kind of relearn what's happening. So this will be kind of a different experience. It's like the total it's total one eighty of say Augusta when everybody knows where the pin's going to be on every hole on Sunday, you know, and, and you remember all these shots. The, the, the two things that I can remember about, about Oak Hill is, one, Sean McKeel's shot 
into 18 the last time they hosted the PGA in 03, and then also in 1995, the Ryder Cup, in which the the Europeans defeated the Americans for the first time on American soil in forever, and maybe ever. And, you know, Jay Haas was a big part of the collapse there, in, you know, down the stretch. So um, it's not a very familiar course whatsoever to, to the, you know, American public golf fan. I'm impressed you remember stuff from 95. Well, you I mean, barely remember social studies my fifth grade year. <laughs> well, I was 15, Jared. A little older. Well, I guess then I'd, yeah, fifth grade. All that being said, okay, uh, who do you like? Uh, I made a switch right uh, during your commentary about the weather. But I had him in my top three, so uh, I, my favorite for me, uh, um, because of where he's from, I think he this might play into uh, he, the, the weather won't bother him. He's from Northern Ireland. I'll go with Roy McIlroy. Oh, my gosh. Really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think he breaks through. So you've got him he as number one. He was my third. Yeah, he's I'm, teeing off early. I'm putting him up there. I'm putting him up there. Dustin Johnson, my number two guy, and because of his performance, because of and, and I'm you know me, I'm a big I'm a big proponent of how have they played lately. So I went to the immediate. How did they play last week? Obviously, Johnson had a good day in Tulsa or a good weekend in Tulsa, and Jason Day. I'll go with Jason Day as my third guy. Dark horse. Uh, Siwoo Kim. Siwoo Kim. He played well uh, down there in at the Byron also because he played well. That's all I really base it on. <clears throat> How about you? I have as my favorite Brooks Kepka. I you know I I wrote him down. He's and healthy. I took him off. He's healthy, and and here's another thing with the length of the course. They're going to have kind of mid to long irons. Not many are better at that than him. You know, we saw that. We we've seen it at different venues. I've got Brooks Kepka as the fa- as my favorite. John Rahm, number two. I wanted to go there, but I'm like, am I going to be that guy that just because he won the Masters, I'm going to pick him for the next one? I, so I didn't do it. I've got Rom two. I've got DJ three. Um, when DJ tells you that he's hitting it good, you probably ought to listen. You probably better pay attention to that. Yeah. So Kepka, Rom, DJ, and then my dark horse is a guy that's played really well this year under the radar. He hasn't necessarily contended but he's been around and i think it and and he is a guy that i think a lot of people would love to see get back in the mix ricky fowler ricky ricky's played well this season now i'll tell you this the the hardest guy for me to leave out of my top three and when i looked at the when i look when i realized the the pairings and the if I if it does work out the way I think it will, where the guys in the afternoon have a huge advantage, the one guy that I I'm, I think I'm going to rue not picking is Tony Finau. I'm just uh, that's almost like cheating, like almost giving me a fourth pick. That way, if he really does play well, I can come in here Monday and go, ha, I told you, see Tony Finau, even though I didn't pick him, you know. Kind of a way to get me an extra guy. <clears throat> but, he, man, he's played great. Winning down in Mexico, going toe-to-toe with Rom. Yeah. I, um, I like him. It's funny because when I Googled who plays good golf in bad weather, the 
it, it doesn't give you like a list of players like score wise, but it, an article came up uh, from a golfer who gives advice on playing golf in horde conditions, and that would be Victor Hovland. Yeah, listen. But I can't go. I can't get past. And the short game. The short game. I can't. I see it. I know he's on the cusp of being a top ten player. He's at eleven right now. And I'm t- he's a great player, and I don't doubt he'll finish top ten. But I can't get past the short game thing. I mean, you've sold me on that. One of these days, though, he is going to ball strike it so well that he's going to win. It doesn't matter his short game, <laughs> That's right? right. Yeah. One of these days, and I don't think it's going to be at Augusta, but somewhere else. Where a course will play, play into his game. I, I think yeah. so. I mean, Augusta, there's just too many shots mm-hmm. that you're going to have to hit, no matter how well you hit it. You, you're going to have to use short game more than maybe some Agreed. of these others. Uh, but eventually he's just going to ball strike the death out of it and win one um, because he is so talented. But I'm, I'm interested to see – I just got a text on my phone, but I'm interested to see because going into the Masters just, just a month ago, and maybe it's just here because of kind of the vibes of, of Live Golf Tulsa, uh, Tulsa coming off of that last week. But it doesn't seem like there's as much vitriol for those guys going into the PGA as heard. there was for the Masters. No, the only thing I really saw is Rory said he's not going to be the the face. He's stepping away from being the face of the PGA when it comes to PGA versus Live. I mm-hmm. saw some article, some highlight come up. I thought was he elected this? <laughs> is Rory turning heel? I don't know what's going on. Is this a, is, is this Sean Michaels? Kicking Marty Janetti through the window of the of the barber shop, where Rory's gonna turn to turn to the dark side with Live Golf. Is this a precursor to that? Did Phil get a hold of him? Greg Norman get a hold of him and turn him turn him the other way? What's happening here? Oh my god! Oh my god! That's Rory McIlroy's music. It's interesting. Who knows? I saw that too. That he because he's been outspoken. Oh, very outspoken about this. That maybe it's him personally thinking. I just need to shut up and play golf, man. I need to quit. I need to take something off my plate here. And maybe me being the poster child of PGA is a, one of the thing I can just take off. Maybe so. It's going to be fun. You know, major golf weeks are always so much fun. This one kind of snuck up on me, to be honest. Yeah. I mean, with baseball and everything we've been doing, I look up, oh, it's PGA week. Here it is. Here it is. Which was at Southern Hills again. That was fun. Yeah, looked like a lot of fun. It was. By the way, we're going to have to watch that full swing. The Netflix deal. I know. We're going to have to watch that. I I watched a a little bit of it, uh, the first episode with JT at Southern Hills. It's really interesting. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna have to need to watch that and then be able to. Like I know homework, Scott's yeah. begged us to do it. We haven't done it yet. Well, let's get through the NBA Finals and when we got that when we need down, downtime, yeah. We'll have to do it. All right, everybody, have a great Wednesday. We'll talk to you in the morning. Skinny on Sports, right here on the Sports Channel. You've been listening to the Skinny on Sports podcast with Aaron Cow. Be sure to hit that subscribe button to get alerts of when the latest podcast is available. Thanks for listening. That ball is blistered to right. Way.